Welcome to our study of the authority of the Bible here on the Radio Bible Course. We have been discussing how Jesus endorsed the truth of the Old Testament. He believed what most of the Jews in his day believed, that the Old Testament had come from God. God had spoken to Moses and many other prophets and had revealed not only his law, but his rebuke and his exhortation, along with prophecy for the future. Jesus put his stamp of approval on the Old Testament. He believed the miraculous things that are recorded therein. He believed that a fish swallowed a prophet. He believed that God had spoken to Moses on Mount Sinai. He believed in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. He also believed in the Genesis story of the flood which destroyed the whole earth. Jesus, if he were here today, could open the Old Testament and say, This is the word of God. This is what God has spoken through the prophets. These are the holy scriptures. This is the word that has come out of the mouth of God. Well, that's fine, we say, because the Old Testament was there. It had been published, and men knew it. But what about the New Testament? Can we be sure about what was going to be written in the future? Yes, we can, because Jesus put his stamp of approval upon the writings which had not yet been written, because he promised that there would be a miraculous work of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth would be sent, and he would speak to men. On the day before Jesus was crucified, he gathered in the upper room with his apostles, and he said this to them. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine, and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine, and will disclose it to you. Now this statement follows what Jesus said about not being able to teach the apostles all the truth which he wanted them to know. He said, I have yet many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Now that is a promise of Jesus Christ, not only regarding the sending of the Spirit, which certainly happened, and he first came at Pentecost to do that work, but it also says he would send the Spirit to guide them into all the truth. Now, either he did it, or Jesus was not correct. The Spirit did come, and he guided them into all the truth, and that truth was written down. We have it in our New Testament. We have the Gospels. We have the apostles writing about the life of Jesus. We have Paul and Peter and John. These letters which are in our New Testament were guided by the Spirit of God. It was truth taken from Jesus Christ and revealed to them. It was the Spirit's work to disclose 
what was on the heart of Jesus Christ for his church. He didn't abandon the church when he ascended into heaven. He sent the Spirit to continue to teach the disciples what he could not teach them because they were not able to bear it. And the Spirit did come and continued the teaching program of Jesus and taught them how much truth? All truth, according to John chapter 16, verse 13. Now, what does he mean by the Spirit of truth? Why call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth? Well, that title gives him credibility. Since the Spirit is to reveal God's message, the integrity of the message depends upon what? It depends upon the integrity of the author. The integrity of the author guarantees the accuracy of the revelation. For this reason, the Church of Jesus Christ today can claim to have an infallible revelation. If it isn't infallible, it is not the Word of God, because it wouldn't be truth. Jesus guaranteed that the Spirit would come and teach them all truth. Now, it will be a dependable revelation. That's what this verse means. It would be truth given to the church upon which they could depend and know that they had the will of God. Secondly, the promise of the Spirit to teach meant that the truth would be given to man. There weren't any gold tablets given. There weren't any strange voices there weren't any dreams or visions. He said the Spirit would guide them into all truth. Now, the fact that he uses the word guide means there wouldn't be any dictation coming from the Spirit. I say that because there are some people who believe in the dictation theory of the inspiration of the Scriptures. No, when he said the Spirit will guide you into all truth, it meant that it would not be mechanical. They would have freedom to use their own style of writing and their own vocabularies, and the Spirit of God would guide them into the truth God wanted them to have. Now, if God dictated the Scriptures, then the epistles, all the epistles, would be similar in style and vocabulary. And Peter's letters then could not be distinguished from Paul's letters, which Peter said were hard to understand. But we do see a difference in all the epistles. And for someone who has studied Greek, as he reads the epistles, he could tell which were written by Paul and which were written by John. They are much different in vocabulary and style. Now, the fact that the apostles were to be guided allowed human freedom of expression. But the word guide also is a word which guaranteed accuracy in expressing the divine message. There wasn't any flipping of coins to decide how to say something. Thirdly, the fact that the Spirit would be sent to guide them meant it would be complete. He said he will guide you into all truth. Not truth in general, but in the Greek language we have the definite article before the word truth, which means he will guide you into all the 
truth. It will be complete, and it's a specific truth, the truth from heaven, which God wants for the church of Jesus Christ. Now, this passage is Jesus' endorsement of the New Testament, as he earlier gave to the Old Testament. We call this pre-revelation authentication, and it's a wonderful promise upon which we can depend when we read our New Testament, that Christ promised the Spirit would give us all truth. Now, there's another point, and it's this. The truth would include all things which have not yet happened and not taught by Jesus. In other words, there were future things, things that were going to happen which were important for those members of the church to know about. And Jesus, of course, wanted them to have the truth. Like what? Well, like the return of Jesus Christ for his church, like the judgment that is to come. Now, the Old Testament and even the New Testament Gospels tell us something about the judgment, but there's more that was revealed in the epistles and in the book of Revelation. So Jesus said there would be future things also. When the Spirit of truth comes, he said, he will guide you into all the truth, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So there are future things all about his coming kingdom, how he will reign 1,000 years upon the earth. That's important. And what will happen to Satan, that serpent, the devil? The Bible tells us about that, too. He'll be cast into the lake of fire. And will there be a judgment for all men, for men who have not believed in Jesus Christ? There will. We read about that in Revelation chapter 20. There are people who say, I don't understand why some Christians believe that Christ is coming back to reign for a thousand years. Where do they get that from? They get it not only from the book of Revelation, but from the Old Testament as well as the Gospels. But the book of Revelation in particular mentions 1,000 years. And it doesn't do it one time or two times or even five times. It mentions it six times in seven verses, the first seven verses of the book of Revelation, chapter 20. You'll want to read that for yourself and see how all these things are going to come to an end. God is going to see to it that everything is fulfilled. Not one word will fail until all is fulfilled, and Jesus Christ will reign for a thousand years. That's a promise of God. This passage here in John chapter 16 about the promise of the Spirit of Truth also tells us that revelation would come from Jesus. He said, the Spirit will come and take from me the things that are mine and will teach it to you. And where are those things that the Spirit continued to teach which he received from Jesus? They are primarily the epistles of the New Testament. The teaching of Jesus continued after his crucifixion and resurrection, after his ascension, Christ continued to speak from heaven through the Spirit who was sent in his name. Now think of it. 
When I read 1 Corinthians, I am reading Jesus' truth to the Corinthian church, written by Paul. The Spirit of God took the things that Jesus wanted the Corinthian church to know, inspired Paul with that message, and Paul wrote it. But Jesus was the author. Paul was the writer. Both the writing and the preaching of Paul were truth. Listen to what he wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. And for this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. In tomorrow's lesson, I'm going to try to explain what those things were which the apostles could not bear, the things that Jesus could not teach them. So tune in tomorrow for that explanation. All of these lectures on the authority of the Bible are available on cassette tape. You can learn all about inspiration, revelation, how God has spoken, and what Jesus, Paul, and Peter said about the accuracy of the Word of God. The Radio Bible Course would like to hear from you if these broadcasts are a blessing to you. We'll send you our free booklet entitled Heaven's Password. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.